If you feel overwhelmed and off course, weekly planning helps you to take control and get back on track. The lack of a plan or the plan itself could be your problem. Cultivate purposeful work and intentional living with a review of your past week and a preview of your upcoming week. This is Episode 8, How to Plan Your Ideal Week. Welcome to The Incrementalist, a productivity podcast on making big changes in small steps. My name is Diane Williams, and I'm your productivity coach and host for the show. You do learn more by doing instead of planning, but you're more likely to do the thing if you plan for it. Reviewing and previewing serve a vital role in being productive. In Free to Focus, Author Michael Hyatt explains that true productivity isn't about getting more done, it's about getting the right things done. It's achieving more by doing less. His book is divided into three big steps. Stop, cut, act. Each of these steps is further divided into three different actions. In this episode, I'll focus on step three, that is act or get moving on the things that matter. The first action in step three is to consolidate by planning your ideal week. This is where you execute on your high leverage task in less time and with less stress. The second action in step three is to designate by prioritizing your task. I'll cover these two actions, consolidate and designate here. The third action in step three is to activate by beating interruptions and distractions. I'll cover this more in a future episode, but for the time being, you can check out episode 7, Time Blocking and Time Boxing, to learn more about taking focused action. Let's start with the first action, which is to consolidate, planning your ideal week. What do you want to have done next week? What are the big things you can do to call the week a success and make it a great week? Unexpected things will come up. Tasks will take longer than you expected. Distractions and interruptions will pull you away, but you're more likely to accomplish what you must when you plan for it and begin with the end in mind. Michael Hyatt says your ideal week is similar to your financial budget. One key difference is that you plan how you will spend your time rather than your money, but like a financial budget, you spend it on paper first. The weekly planning session is a time to learn from the past week and to set priorities for the upcoming week. If you could control 100% of what happens, no interruptions or distractions, what do you want your week to look like? Think ahead before the demands, requests, opportunities, and invitations come up. Take control and decide whether you want additional obligations to supersede your plans. Michael Hyatt and company created a full focus planner that contains an ideal week template. It is divided into a simple grid. Each day has a theme. In addition, each day is segmented according to a specific focus area. The full focus planner also has weekly preview pages interspersed with the daily pages. You don't need this planner to plan the ideal week or to do a weekly preview. I myself do not use this planner. One big reason is that it's a 90-day planner and doesn't run for the entire year. So the costs and clutter add up. 
Instead, I use a moleskin 12-month daily planner and a whiteboard to design and plan my ideal week. The systems, not the tools, matter more. In the ideal week template or grid, you have daily themes listed on the very top row above each day of the week. An ideal week could be Monday is devoted to internal meetings, Tuesdays and Thursdays are for client work and long-term projects, Wednesday is for external communications or marketing and content creation, Friday is for closing open loops, long-term planning, and learning and development, Saturday is for personal errands, fun activities, and connecting with family and friends, and Sunday is for rest, relaxation, religious or spiritual activity, and planning the next week. Each day is divided into focus areas that are listed in the leftmost column. An example could be the early morning hours are devoted to self-care, like reading, exercise, yoga, or meditation. The late morning and daytime are for core work and top priorities. And the end of the day is for family and personal projects. Instead of getting bogged down with too many details, think in terms of categories. Go beyond scheduling by batching and theming. Batching is grouping similar tasks together and doing them in a specific time block. Mega-batching is organizing entire days around similar activities to help you stay focused and build momentum. Hyatt describes three general categories of activity or stages. There is the front stage, the backstage, and offstage. Front stage are the tasks for which you're hired and paid to do, like delivering a product or service. The key functions, primary deliverables, the line items on your performance review are all part of front stage. If it delivers the results for which your boss or customers or clients are paying you for, that's front stage work. Backstage are activities that keep you on stage. Examples are goal setting, planning, marketing, communicating, collaborating. They also include administrative tasks that you can sometimes eliminate, automate, and delegate, plus coordination, preparation, maintenance, and development. Backstage is preparing you to be on front stage. These activities often take more time than front stage tasks. For instance, researching and preparing notes for a podcast episode take longer than the time it takes to record it. The same goes for any other type of presentation whether it's delivering a training course or presenting an argument at trial. Offstage is personal time for relaxation and rejuvenation. It's when you're not working. Offstage is vital for recharging and restoring your energy. They include your creative hobbies, relationships, family, friends, and fun activities. When planning your ideal week, consider stages. Decide for each day if you'll be on front stage, backstage, or offstage. Themes. These are the types of activities you'll do each day during specific time blocks. Think of your natural rhythms, your focus and energy level, in the morning, workday, and evenings when it comes to themes. And activities. Group the individual activities that will fall under those themes. To enhance batching and theming, you can use color coding in your weekly plan and calendar. Color code the types of activities you plan for and do. This is a visual cue for whether you're including all your focus areas or neglecting certain ones in a given week. For example, yellow is for meetings and appointments, green for big projects or client work, 
pink for daily habits, orange for content creation, blue for personal activities like dinner with your spouse and family time or self-care and hobbies, and gray or white space for margin. You can create your own ideal week template and share it with your assistant or team so they know how you want the week to unfold. Color coding can be done in a digital app, an Excel spreadsheet, or in a paper planner. No special apps are needed. Now we'll talk about the second action, which is to designate prioritizing your tasks with the weekly review. Your annual and quarterly goals are broken down into weekly and daily objectives. Weekly is more macro than daily. Even after you eliminate, automate, and delegate everything you can, you will still have many responsibilities. There are more tasks than you can get done in a single day. You will systematically decide what you must do now, do later, or don't need to do at all. When is the best time for your weekly planning session? The best time for a weekly review and preview is usually on a Sunday evening. This gives you time to reflect on the past week and to think ahead for the upcoming week. Another ideal time is Friday at close of business as part of your shutdown routine so you have the weekend free. Some do the weekly planning on a Monday morning, but this is too late for most. It's hard to plan for the week and review the past week when it's better to be present and in action mode. The weekly planning session takes about 30 to 45 minutes, especially when you start out. With more practice, you can narrow it down to 15 minutes or so. Regardless of your work and whether you have full autonomy over your schedule, you still benefit from planning an ideal week. It sets intentions. Maybe you'll need to have tough conversations and set boundaries with your colleagues, friends, boss, teammates, spouse, and family. But these start with awareness of what's going on in your schedule and in your life. The weekly preview includes six steps. They are list your biggest wins, review the prior week, review your lists and notes, check goals, projects, events, meetings, and deadlines, designate your weekly big three things to accomplish, and plan for self-care and rejuvenation. Let's start with number one, your biggest wins. Celebrate what went well and the successes you had. This adds positivity and gratitude regarding your progress, goals, strategies, processes, and systems. Track your time and make notes throughout the week on your highlights, lessons learned, wins, and setbacks. Notes give you an objective awareness of how you spend your time and how long it took to complete a task. You want reliable information to make the weekly planning faster. You can write down what you did after every hour, after finishing a task, or after doing a batch of similar activities. The second step in the weekly planning is to do an after-action review. How far did you get? What are the lessons you learned? What worked and what didn't? What will you keep doing or start or stop doing? If you completed the task, what made the difference? If not, what can you do instead or do differently? These observations are subjective, but you want to go beyond just reading personal development books, listening to podcasts, taking online courses, and attending conferences. The after-action review captures your own lessons from your own experiences. The third step in weekly planning is to do a list sweep. Compile your lists and review them. 
your to-dos, new assignments, tasks undone, and projects that are still left to be completed. These include your big three or other tasks that you didn't complete. Make sure to move them to a task manager, your daily tasks for the next week or further into the future. This doesn't have to be the following Monday. It might be the next Tuesday or later in the week or perhaps in another week. If you need to delegate a task, add the unassigned task or desired status updates to your task manager or your task list. New assignments and action notes need to get on your task list. Block time for things that need to get done. If there are emails and messages that require follow-up, move them to your task manager. Delete, file, or archive things that do not need a response or are no longer relevant. The fourth step in the weekly planning is to do a weekly overview. Review your goals for the week, consider the important events, deadlines, and tasks in the upcoming week, and plan for your main objectives. Review professional and personal goals, including things to do with your health, creative hobbies, learning a new skill, and connecting with family and friends. Review your calendar, your must-dos, your commitments, your appointments, your meetings. What must happen in the week? What active projects do you need to move to this week's to-dos? Review pending meeting requests and schedule them in available meeting time blocks. Double-check recurring meetings and commitments. Are they still happening or relevant? Or do they need to be rescheduled or removed? If a meeting has been canceled or postponed, you can still use it for a focus block on deep work or use it for much-needed self-care, whatever you need. See what you actually have accomplished and what's still left undone. Move undone tasks and projects to the next day or later in the week or next week. You can use the Friday afternoon to tie up loose ends or close open loops. Account for important undone things so they don't fall through the cracks. Step 5 in the planning session is the weekly big three. Establish your top three priorities for the week your three objectives to advance your goals and move you forward on big projects in the upcoming week. What are the top things you can do to make your week great? You should be able to complete them if you use the focus blocks no matter how many unexpected things occur. The sixth step in the weekly planning session is the self-care planner. Make time for rejuvenation, which includes sleep, eat, move, connect, and relaxation. Connect with your heart, body, and mind. Be intentional about self-care, which is a critical element of productivity. In sum, the six steps of the weekly preview are list your biggest wins, review the prior week, review your lists and notes, check goals, projects, events, meetings, and deadlines, designate your weekly big three things to accomplish, and plan for self-care. Author Kate Northrup applies similar themes in her Do Less book. She says what you leave off your to-do list is almost more important than what you put on there. She stresses conscious creation and not using your to-do list to contain all your worries. The brain dump is an entirely separate tool from the to-do list. In your weekly planning session, you're making time for activities and things that matter most, and you're trusting that they will happen if they must. In part two of her book, Northrup prescribes different experiments to do less. Experiment 11 is titled Streamline Your To-Do List. The four areas to help you design your week and define your weekly to-dos are Body. This is your energy and focus level. 
All time slots are not created equal. Some weeks, days, and hours are better off for planning, brainstorming, or starting a project. Others for connecting, communicating, and collaborating. Others for heads down, deep focus work, and finishing projects. And others for rest, reflection, and relaxation. Second is the mind. What are your top three priorities for the week? Consider your various projects and phases of each project. What is the bare minimum to do for the week to be a success? You can keep other tasks on the list, but it's okay if you don't get these done. Third is the heart. How do you feel and how do you want to feel? If you're feeling anxious and overwhelmed, what can you do or stop doing next week to reduce this feeling? To shift from negative to positive. Then there are the cosmos. Northrop considers the impact of the moon, stars, and planetary alignment on human life. She uses a monthly cosmic weather report from astrologer and the founder of the Lunar Logic Revolution, Jennifer Rassiopi, to align her plans with the cosmos. She says we need to make room for magic and manifestation. If you have trouble finding a particular service, whether it's a daycare provider or a marketing consultant, or a vital piece of information to make an important decision, there's no harm in using the energetic forces in the universe to support your needs and wants. Ask for help from the universe, God, or higher being, or whomever or whatever you connect to on a spiritual or religious level. Invite miracles and synchronicity into your life. Northrop says your weekly to-do list should be no longer than half of an 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper. She writes that it's rare to accomplish the things that fill up this amount of space, so it's pointless to go beyond that. Satisfaction comes from checking things off the to-do list, so keep it short and simple. Instead of cramming things into your day, focus on the top priorities and things you can realistically get done. You need margin and buffer time for emergencies, interruptions, and the unexpected. You're not scheduling or planning everything to the max. Margin is different from the time block you reserve for self-care and rejuvenation. Deliberately make time for relaxation, social connections, creative hobbies, and fun activities. Do less to achieve more. You can make your weekly planning session into an afternoon or evening ritual. Pair it with a cherished activity like drinking bedtime tea or sitting on a park bench in good weather. Or put it on your calendar or set a reminder to do it as part of your shutdown routine. Be consistent with the weekly planning so it becomes a habit. Your ideal week is subjective and personal to you. You do what works best for you. And the reality is you will not have an ideal week 100% of the time. But you want to get close to the ideal with weekly planning. Listen for the upcoming episode on the benefits of a weekly plan and why it can be more effective than a daily plan. Before I go, I'd like to give a special thanks to Kat for her review on Apple Podcasts. Here's a partial quote. I love the high-performance advice. I really do. But it's usually from dudes who have no kids or a lot of help with their family. I have big dreams and recognize that my family is my dream come true. How do I manage both? Diane and her incrementalist advice helps you to have both. Your dreams come true while stretching towards those on the horizon. End quote. If you enjoy the show and want to help keep it going, please share, subscribe, and review. 
I also use listener and client questions to decide on the content of each episode. If you have a productivity issue you'd like me to address on the show, contact me through my website at dianewilliams.com. Thank you for being with me, and tune in for the next episode. <music>